Welcome to The Way Home Podcast, a conversation about church, community, and culture. I'm your host, Dan Darling, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and today I'm joined by Dr. Greg Smalley. Dr. Smalley serves as the Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. Uh, In this role, he develops and oversees initiatives and programs that seek to strengthen marriages, prepare individuals for marriage, and offer support for marriages in crisis. Today, we'll talk with Dr. Smalley about his current work at Focus, how Christians should think about marriage in an increasingly post-marriage culture, and some of the important lessons he's learned through a lifetime of marriage counseling and advocacy. Uh, Dr. Smalley will also share some tips for married couples. Before we begin our conversation, however, I want to remind you about a new resource we have here at ERLC. It's a book entitled Women on Life, edited by my colleague Trillia Newbell. What Trillia did was she gathered a great list of leading female Christian voices from around the country and asked them for their thoughts uh, on the sanctity of human life and what it really means to be pro-life, to care about human dignity. Many times the, the narrative in the media is that to be pro-life is to engage in a war on women. And this book really helps to dispel that myth, talking to some leading female voices about what it means to be pro-life. So we encourage you to get this. There'll be a link uh, on my website at danieldarling.com. You can get it in ebook or print format. We'd love for you to have this for your own personal study, for small group uh, study, or to have as a resource at your church. But for now, let's join our conversation with Dr. Greg Smalley. Greg Smalley, thanks for joining me here today on the Way Home Podcast. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So I want to talk about a lot of things regarding marriage um, and family. But first of all, you come from a a family that has uh, devoted lives to marriage. You know, obviously the son of uh, Gary Smalley, very popular marriage counselor and uh, marriage expert, I would say. And so I guess my first question is, you know, you hear a lot about second generation, third generation Christians, people who've grown up and say pastors' families or, you know, ministry leader families kind of being burned out or not not uh yeah. liking the ministry. Obviously you have devoted your life to to the same to the same ministry. What was it about growing up in that famous family that really uh impacted you in terms of the way you not just view marriage, but just view view God and view ministry? You know, for for me my my dad really tried to walk out the best he could. The things that he talked about, the things that he would preach on, the things that he would teach on, I really didn't see a discrepancy there. You know, he's human. He made all kinds of mistakes. But at the end of the day, the things that he was so passionate about helping others to understand, he really, really worked hard at doing that. So it, it felt more authentic to me. He was always very transparent in admitting a lot of his mistakes and and he would always work hard to repair those within our family. And so I didn't have this bitterness, this, you know, he's one way up on stage and, you know, mm-hmm. totally different um, off the stage. It really felt very, very consistent. And so I was never turned off to the kinds of things that, you know, the marriage seminars, we'd go to marriage seminars as young kids. And, and I'd, I'd, I vividly remember people coming up and hugging us, and which was awkward, but <laughs> they would always so you know, thanks for letting your dad, you know, be here. He saved our marriage. And that always, that was, I, I never quite understood what it meant, but I just thought, well, there's something kind of cool about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
and it, I mean, it just shocked me that people paid money to hear him, and I had to listen to him for free. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, that was hard to mm-hmm. to reconcile. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, overall, he really truly tried to live those things. I never felt a pressure that hey, you know, here's this family business, you need to be a part of it. You know, in my own life, um, I just you know, God used some some great things uh, to really to break me. And and I had to go through some some tough experiences to really figure out, you know, who was I going to be in terms of my relationship with God, and you know, I my dad, I, I he was a big spiritual giant, and 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 I'd find him reading his Bible in the morning or praying on his knees, and mm-hmm. so I mean, I remembered those things as a young adult. That was very intimidating, and I really. Um, it was hard to measure up to that, and and so in my twenties, I, I really struggled. What is my relationship with the Lord going to look like? Because I, I don't think I can measure up to, to my dad or some of the others that I knew. Um, but boy, God's been so faithful to mm. kind of walk me through my own journey, mm. and uh, and and so I think that's that's really was such a key part. Was just you know I had to figure this out. And and who who am I and what's my relationship with the Lord look like and how am I going to do these things and they're probably going to be different. Well, they are different than what my dad did. Mm. You know, one of the arguments against you know biblical marriage is just that many young people have not seen marriage you know played out well. They've not seen it modeled well, and so they're very disillusioned about sort of biblical marriage. Uh, you know, they're. They're more accepting of other kinds of marriages, like gay marriage and things like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not something that you experienced growing up, but others have, even those who've grown up evangelical, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, very confusing for so many kids to have grown up in that divorce generation and not sure, can this really work? I haven't seen it. And that's why, why I tell when I get a chance to talk to young people, just you know, find the couple who you admire and just watch what they do, knowing that they're human, knowing that they're going to make mistakes. You know, because a lot of times, like like a pastor at a church who may, you know, fall from infidelity, let's say, and and how devastating that is. But it, you know, what we're we're still human beings who are married, and and we do a lot of really good things. So find that the couple that that you can look up to, and just what are they doing differently but also know that that they're they're going to make mistakes and they might fall but that that doesn't have to be you mm-hmm. keep learning and uh but it it, it it you're right i i wish we had tons and tons of great models um mm-hmm. which i still feel like we do cuz you know we even when we talk about divorce rate um you know let's say that we go yeah you know the chance a couple has is 40% you know to 50% of of divorcing well that means that there's 50 to 60% of the people making it what are they, what are they doing differently and what can i learn from them we tend to focus on what's missing or not working mm. versus man there there really are a lot more out there who who actually stay together let's find them uh, do you think uh, when we talk about marriage do you think at some time you know the church has idolized marriage as as being sort of perfect, you know, not put forward the real biblical idea of marriage, that it's two sinners living together and sort of being sanctified by Christ yeah. together, and you're struggling and you're not perfect, right? Absolutely. You know, the this, this study that we did with, with Lifeway, one of the, the big takeaways for me is that the threat of divorce is very, very hard to spot. In other words, when you look at what healthy couples are doing and how active they are at church, 
compared to a couple who's really hurting, who's on the brink of divorce, maybe on the brink of separation. They're, they're actively involved in church about the same amount, so that you really wouldn't even necessarily notice. They're not, they're not coming to, to, to talk about their problems. And so that would definitely be one of the things that I would say, Kai, is a, is a church community, are we creating a culture to where people feel free to, to admit that they're not doing well? And, and I, I tell you, the, the most powerful marriage seminar that I've ever been a part of, so my wife and I teach these every month. So, I mean, we've done many over the years. We've been married 23 years. But there was this one church we're waiting to be introduced, and the senior pastor gets up. I'll never forget it. He goes, well, he goes, have you guys noticed that my wife's not here? Mm. And sort of everybody looks around and goes, yeah. He goes, any idea where she's at? Because I don't know. And we all kind of chuckled, like, this is funny. What's his punchline going to be? And he goes, seriously, we got in this huge fight last night, and she's not talking to me. And thus, she would not come with me this morning. I'm just being honest. And and he he goes, how many of you, raise your hand if you had a fight in the last two days? And a couple, you know, people raised their hand, and he had them stand up. And then he, he went through some different scenarios. You know, who's gone through infidelity or maybe financial struggles or whatever? And all of a sudden, he had everybody on their feet. And then he just had this, this team of people spread out and just start praying. And, and the whole time, he kept just talking about, you know, here's what I did last night that I regret, and I can't wait to tell her how sorry I am and really own this. And what was cool, she was actually kind of hiding out in the back. Just, you know, she didn't want to be there, but she's like, I probably should be there. But she came running up. Man, they, they had this big embrace. And it was cool. It, it set the best tone and foundation that I've ever been a part of for a marriage event. Man, we, mm. we got deep and we went far and like I've ever done before. And it was the same content that we've taught. Mm-hmm. It, what was different was he stood up and said, I blew it. And let me be real. Let me be transparent. And that's okay. Mm. And, and that, boy, you could just feel it. There was a very different vibe there. And, and we can create that. We, we we need to show people and teach people that man I screw up all the time. Here's what I did the other day, and uh, and mm-hmm. and I think the more that we do that, hopefully people will feel safe to go. Hey, I can be real and I can be honest, and here's what's going on. You know, a lot of conservatives, you know, after Obergefell decision, you know, really despondent about the state of marriage and the culture, and and it's hard not to get discouraged. But one of the things I like about your work and something we've tried to champion here is just this as a fresh opportunity to to retell the beautiful story of what marriage is as, as described in Scripture. Why are you so uh, optimistic about this opportunity? You know, for I'll never forget, I had some weeds in my lawn one time and, and tried to, I bought some spray, sprayed them, and it literally killed the grass, and, and it, it like strengthened the weed. <laughs> and so I went to Lowe's or Home Depot, whatever, and I took a picture and I showed the guy. I said, hey, here's the weed. Here's what I did. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's the worst thing you could have done. And I was like, really? He goes, no. Nah. He goes, this kind of weed? He goes, you don't want to go after the weed. He goes, what you want to do is take this stuff. And he gave me fertilizer and some other stuff. He goes, what you want to do is grow the healthy grass around it. And over time, it will choke out the weeds. And and I told him, I said, you know what? That's the best description of why I'm passionate about marriage and, and that's instead of focusing on what we're against or what's the currently happening, what if we focused in on how do we just keep growing healthy marriages, trusting 
that is, as we become strong, then, then I've seen it all the time. People then will branch out and ripple out and, and, will, and will support and fight with another couple for, for, to help them in their marriage. I was this past weekend at a marriage seminar, and uh, a couple came up and said, hey, you know, we, we were married for 28 years, and we divorced for two years, and now we just got remarried. And, and, and literally another couple came up and said, we've been married for 25 years and we're about to get divorced. And I linked those two couples up and just saw the other couple and said, hey, come over and share your story. Well, they, the one couple started ministering to the hurting couple and challenged them, and, and, and they're going to get help. And that's what we can do when our marriages, if we keep working at it, and just, you know, how do I keep my marriage strong? See, then I want to then bless another couple by going, hey, how can I encourage you and support you and fight for your marriage in those valleys? And, uh, and, and that's the hope that I have. Because, boy, there's an army of, of people out there within our churches and communities mm-hmm. who, who have solid marriages. And let's release them and encourage them, show them, how do you now come around another couple? And I think if we keep doing that, see, that's how we choke out divorce. We grow the healthy marriages around this country. Talk to pastors and church leaders who are thinking through what does it look like to champion marriage in this kind of new culture where, you know, biblical views of marriage are kind of seen as out of step with the culture. Uh, what does it look like to champion marriages uh, in a way that is um, winsome, that is biblical, that is uh, really helpful? You know, one of the, the statistics that we saw from the study that we did with LifeWay and just kind of the, the how divorce impacts the church is that 31% of the people who were in a troubled marriage that was on the brink of divorce told no one. And so I, I always encourage people, it's, it's going to start from relationship. It's going to start from your willingness to, from the pulpit, from the, 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 you know, the front of the classroom, you know, in the small group as a leader. It's going to start from, from us sharing real what's going on within our marriage, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, we did well here, and here's what happened last night. Have this huge fight. Here's what's going on. I think if we're willing to be that kind of transparent what that's going to do is that creates a safe environment for people within the church to step forward. Instead of 31, a third of the people not telling anyone, well, let's just go after that. Let's make it safe for people to be honest and be real. And then a lot of these people didn't know that there were good services or products or things available. So I think we also then need to to show them that we, we, have, we have people who can help marriage champions and mentors in this church who are willing to step in the gap and, and, and fight with for your marriage with you. Um, we've got good resources. Um, so I think it's if we create this place that let's be honest and be real, let's talk about our marriage, let's connect through story and in, in, in relationship, and then let's bring in some good resources that shows that, that our church wants to be known for healthy relationships and we're willing to put budget and spend money to bring in people to do seminars, you know, good marriage books and curriculum. I mean, there's so many good people out there who've got amazing content. Well, let, let's bring them in. I think if we're doing those kinds of things, you know, that that's going to help. We're going to have couples still. I think I have saw that still about 80% of the couples get married inside the church. What an opportunity. Mm. The, the research shows that 80% of the couples who get at least 
eight to 10 hours of quality premarital education stay together. Mm. I mean, that, that's, that's huge. That's such a simple thing. If you want to get married in my church, here, meet with this older couple, go through this quick product, and, and, and that's going to prepare you and, and, and help you and set you up for success. So I think that the church has such a unique opportunity to really grow healthy marriages around this country. I, I truly believe that the church should be the number one distribution for healthy marriages in, in our country. Mm. You know, I love being a part of Focus on the Family, and we're going to keep fighting. But I tell you, it's how can we help the church because of that uniqueness that all these people are there? Mm-hmm. And and that's where you see healthy marriages grow from there. So that's why I don't I don't get discouraged. I just keep going. Hey, how do we keep helping people invest in their marriage, learn to deal with problems as they come along, and then once they're stable, now go work with another couple. And I really do believe that that's the simple formula. Focus on the family and ERLC have been working together on a lot of these initiatives. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is something that you guys are putting together around Valentine's Day to really encourage uh, healthy marriages. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it was cool to see that Valentine's Day this year, 2016, is on a Sunday. And so we thought, you know what? What a, what would it look like if we took the verse, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage should be honored by all. So that's saying that all of us should be honoring marriage. What would that look like if, if we had a way to teach our children? What does that look like to honor your, your parents' marriage? Or maybe there's a marriage that, that they know that, that they really want to honor. And what about youth? How are they honoring their own future marriage someday? How are they honoring their parents' marriage? You know, like for, for our kids when they were young, we told them, hey, when we put you down at, let's say, 8 o'clock, see, now it's mom and dad's time. And by the way, if you get out of your bed, if you keep bothering us, then we'll make you sit in a timeout tomorrow for that same amount of time. Because what we wanted to teach them is that this is how we keep our marriage strong. And if you're taking that time away, then, then you will owe us that time tomorrow. Mm. So, I mean, we can teach kids that. What about singles? How do singles within a church honor marriage? How are the married couples honoring marriage? So all of us need to be honoring marriage. So we simply uh, put together a kit for a church that, that gives them, you know, things for kids, youth, singles, um, adults, who are married, um, they can talk about in their, their Sunday school classes, their, their, you know, small groups, but then also the sermon series for pastors. So on that day, we're, we're saying, why don't you use that as a day to honor marriage? Here's what you need. And then if they want, we give them a date night DVD featuring these three amazing Christian comedians who are hilarious around relationship mm-hmm. and marriage content and they can use that then as a date night to do their little sweetheart banquet or whatever they might do. So it's kind of, hey, what if we all banded together, rallied together around Hebrews 13.4, let's honor marriage as, a, as an entire church. And, and that's the opportunity. And then again, therefore, we're not talking about what we're against. We're simply saying the verse says that all of us should be honoring marriage. How do we do that? And that's what we've provided for for a church to do. Hmm. Well, Greg Smalley, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate the work you're doing at Focus and the work you're doing to help rebuild healthy marriages around the country and to equip churches, which is something we we really are invested in doing here as well. And I just really encourage people to uh, to get involved. We'll have more information on the website about how their church can get involved in this really important initiative. But thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
want to thank Dr. Greg Smalley for that great conversation. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you let us know by sending an email to wayhome at erlc.com or better yet, writing a review on iTunes or Stitcher or however you uh, listen to podcasts. This just helps us spread the word about The Way Home. You can also download previous episodes on my website at danieldarling.com. Also remember to check out Women on Life, a powerful new book that will help you think through the pro-life issue. We'll have a link there on my website as well. But for now, thank you for listening to The Way Home podcast. The Way Home is recorded and produced by Gary Lancaster. Research is conducted by David Clausen, and scheduling is handled by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Thank you.